Kale and Company weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Uh-huh. Hour number two. It's Kale and Company. Friday, baby. Friday. What's on the cut sheet? Well, you're going to find out 745. Dawn's got some news coming up in just a minute. And uh, ladies front and center this hour from Cher, Rachel Maddow to Victoria's Secret. As we continue, it's going to be a great weekend. See if the Phillies can clinch in the next two days. Well, you know, we're so phillied up, by the way, that you know, we forgot about the Eagles-Dolphins. Kind of a big game, and it's a Sunday night game. Yeah, I, I just said that in my Fanduel read that I, I just... I. I hear everybody picking the Dolphins this weekend. I, I don't some, see it. What what are they what are they looking at? Maybe if the Eagles won last week, but as bad as they played against the Jets. No. And by the way, Sunday night, Kelly Green jerseys, baby. Woo! Yeah. And Flyers won. Oh, they did? Four one. Yeah, they're the Flyers are three and one right now. So woohoo. Uh oh. Um but yeah, I, I just at that minus two and a half, I'll take that all day. I know. It's just staring you dead in the face. I know. Like, you will win by three or more. Yeah. I, I just, you know. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We'll make a prediction on that as well. Uh, and then also coming up uh, after the cut sheet this morning, a couple of interesting things. Uh, when it comes to mass media and Americans hitting a record low with their trust in the media, and that includes Fox News as well. That That is left, right, uh, everywhere in between. Not that in between and media news exists anymore. But uh, a new Gallup poll showing that Americans don't trust anything. So we will get to that as we move on. And then also the pitch, the sales pitch for the GOP to play the left's game when it comes to cancellations, but of college kids in light of their ridiculous stance uh, of being pro-Hamas. We'll get to that story as we continue later this morning. But let's get to the news because there is a ton of it. 7.03 Friday morning, and here is Don Stensland. Yes, and good morning this Friday morning, October the 20th, as we look to the day's news this morning as I pull up my script here. So we've talked a lot about the national news going on, but I will remind you that next week on Monday, Philadelphia will grieve and pay proper tribute to our fallen police officer. Funeral arrangements announced for Officer Richard Mendez, who was shot and killed in that shooting last week in the line of duty, Philadelphia International Airport, in that parking garage. It remains under investigation as to why the cameras were not working and providing that critical evidence to take the suspects, who've now all all been taken into custody and arrested, and we're learning more about them but that public viewing held Monday and in the evening, 5.30 to 8 p.m., Givnish Funeral Home on Academy Road in Philadelphia. Tuesday will be the second viewing, and that's in the morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. A lot of street closures at the cathedral, around the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul on Ray Street in Philadelphia. I know a lot of our of the local TV stations and broadcasting, probably, probably Odyssey here in KYW, a lot of places will be streaming this live, and this will be making national news because law enforcement from across the nation will be present to pay proper respects to Officer Richard Mendez, 50 years young, 22-year veteran of our Philadelphia Police Department, and leaving behind his wife, now a widow, his family, and as well, of course, Officer Paul Ortiz, who, thank God, survived that shooting, he continues to recover. And this was when these officers were coming into work there, just coming on to duty, coming into work, and caught these suspects breaking into one or more vehicles, smashing glass 
And that's when the shootout happened, when these thugs, four of them, four armed and dangerous thugs who were told now have uh, quite a quite a lengthy rap sheet or rap sheets uh, open fire on the officers. Mm -hmm. Guys that probably should not be on the streets of America today. And uh, sadly, an officer has to not go home one day because of that. Yeah, I mean, we're learning more about these suspects to your point, but um, it, it's fascinating sometimes to me to just look at what we what is reported and the focus on reporting what we don't know about these guys. They most of them were from New Jersey. So were they born in New Jersey? Where did they grow up? Mm -hmm. And then why is it that they have these long rap sheets and they were the so-called usual suspects? Uh, Philadelphia City Council erupted into chaos yesterday to the point that they had to cut off public testimony. And this was just when Philadelphia City Council members were about to vote on a resolution which would simply condemn the brutal, deadly Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. So there were pro-Palestinian, pro-Israeli um, folks there to testify. And when the pro-Palestinian um, some of the speakers got up to speak against the resolution. That's when all heck broke loose. The yelling, the disruptions, they had to shut it all down. So nobody can quantify this or qualify this as mostly peaceful. <laughs> no, it was chaos yeah, right. <laughs> in Philadelphia City Hall, to your point. Uh, what a hot mess in Philadelphia City Hall. And then, of course, we have in the in D.C., in the House of Representatives, there was no vote with Jim Jordan, but reportedly many, many House members, many more turning against Jim Jordan. Mm -hmm. So one of the headlines that you know we were saying yesterday by mid-morning was that Brian Fitzpatrick, Bucks County, considered one of considered the most moderate Republican, let's say, of the Pennsylvania group of lawmakers. He had voted for Jim Jordan initially and then to, told um, the media here and nationally, nope, he will not be voting for Jim Jordan. It's gone terribly wrong for Jordan. I mean, it was 20 Republicans, then it was 22. Now it seems like it could be even more. Um, according to Fox on the TV, it says Jim Jordan will have a press conference today at 8 o'clock, so less than an hour until that begins. Yeah, so we'll see. Will he resign finally? What's, he, what's going on? I mean, he said yesterday that he was going to vow to keep pushing forward. So I, I've got, and I'm just guessing here, if you're going to now have a press conference at 8 o'clock this morning, did he have a change of heart? Is he making a turnabout here? Is he going to bow out? I can't imagine him doing that. It's but gone back and forth so much. Yes. I know. So I don't know if, I mean, at this point, it, you know, I know it took, what's his name, 15 uh, yeah. tries to, to get it done. So maybe right. that's his, that's his thinking, but I don't, I don't see any of these, I don't see any of these individuals moving. In fact, he's losing support. I know. So it's going the wrong direction. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's more than two weeks at this point. They've got to get a budget done. You have Biden now, the administration. Well, it can't be putting, passed without that. That correct. $100 billion dollars can't be that's passed my point. without. Yep. So you have the administration, right? Putting, putting pressure yeah. on them and tick tock. Hello. We don't have a budget. By mm -hmm. the way, we still don't. Even though I'm I'm hearing rumblings that in Pennsylvania they've got the deal done for our budget, but you never really hear anything about it. Mm -hmm. By the way, maybe it's a good thing that we sit and and fester and debate a little bit about the 100 billion <laughs> before we just you know sign off on it, rubber stamp yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. Maybe Jim Jordan, silver and, lining, and here. the House Republicans are doing us all a favor yeah. by let's just marinate on this right. for a little while and just see. 
exactly how we feel about this. Jim, Jim Jordan doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would tap out and quit. And as our buddy Sean Farage said yesterday in his Trump impression, Jim was a great wrestler. <laughs> I went back and listened to that again yesterday. He <laughs> said, Jim's a great wrestler. Jim yeah, was if, a great wrestler in college. Uh, yeah. Like, if, like that has anything to do with being a congressman. It's actually worth a second list. Oh, He's so good and so I funny. I that was so great yesterday. Uh, so th- the bottom line is that, just to put that in perspective, with Biden's speech last night, if you missed Nick Hale's big take, it was awesome. The 2023 fiscal year actually ended September 30th. And so what does that mean? We're getting... Now, all of these numbers, uh, financial numbers, where we stand, but as well, we're getting all the numbers for illegal border crossings. And you notice yesterday, so under the umbrella of, hey, let's come to the aid of Israel, Biden, what he really put into this $100 billion package, I mean, most of that money goes to Ukraine, but also the border, border crossings. And Nick went through the, the dollars to protect that. Nobody's really headlining the fact, and I suspect we'll get more on these numbers today on a Friday and over mm-hmm. the weekend, because these illegal border crossings, 11,000 estimated daily, it's yeah. unprecedented. Yep. And this at a time when we know that those so-called gotaways and most dangerous and terrorists and so on. And so that's that's looming for all of us. Yep. And to, to your point on the border, the latest ABC News poll, Joe Biden 26% approval rating on immigration and border security. 26%. Yeah. So there it, you go. It's not good. No. Uh, CVS pharmacies will no longer sell medications that contain phenol, phenylphrine as the only active ingredient. This is that phony, like the phony Sudafed that we've talked about. So CVS just said, nah, we're done. <laughs> we're not going to even carry it. And this after there were there were admissions by the government that it really doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And this after, I always call, call the Sudafed the good stuff, the Breaking Bad Sudafed. Yeah. Because it's the stuff you have to show your ID for. Behind the counter in the glass. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not even going to sell the, the Fugazi stuff, the fake, the, is it Richie Zioli calls it the uh-huh. Fugazi phenylphedrine or whatever it is. So, and yes, Cher says, uh, you know, she's going to move out of the country. Mm. She She's not going to turn back time. She's going to move out of the country. Uh, because if if Trump and the Republicans get back in office, well, Trump almost gave her an ulcer last time. She almost had an ulcer. You know, I almost have AFib, heartburn, and tension headaches with Joe. You don't see me leaving America. I mean, I want to move to Florida, but it's still in America. I was trying to look for some good news, so I will just say, as our Phillies lost last night to the Diamondbacks, but we're going to win tonight. We'll we'll take it back. But Callum Scott, thank. Gave out a big thank you to our Phillies after Dancing on My Own hit 1 billion Spotify streams. Isn't it amazing the power of sports? Not only, so to, not only to unite Americans and we, we kind of check our political views at the entrance of a stadium, but that's, that song from Callum Scott is, I think, seven <laughs> or eight years old. And I, is it really? I, I mean, it, it never registered me, with me when it came out. All of a sudden, the Phillies adopted. I can't get enough of it. Isn't that? It's so true because it just sparks... That great feeling yep. of winning. So yep. let's hope they get the uh, the win back. As we talked earlier this morning about kind of a low energy performance. A lot of people saying it was there were some bad calls. It was their goofy stadium with the closed overhead situation. Maybe some jet lag. I don't know. There were a lot of excuses and enablers this morning. So who was more low energy yesterday, the Phillies or Joe? That sounds like a YouTube poll question. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, I like it. Both may be suffering from uh, jet lag. (laughs) (laughs) 
Philly struck out 13 times last night during a 2-1 to loss against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The D-backs trimming the lead 2-1 to in the best of seven series. By the way, World Series one week away. First pitch in the MLB Championship play slated for next Friday. October twenty seventh. And if the, if the Phillies host the Ran- or if the Phillies Come and Rangers on. meet, it'll be right here. Oh my gosh! Which means we'll have John Brazier in next week. We'll keep hope alive. Yep. Yeah, that was it. We did, was John Brazier here this week? No, he wasn't. Maybe that's the bad luck. I agree. So we need John. You know, we should bag Bruno. We'll bring bring Brazier <laughs> in here instead. The hell with Tony. I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, NBC ten first alert forecast. Actually, it's a little bit better. So that we were dreading another. Washout Saturday, but it's not going to be a washout Saturday in truth. 58 degrees, cloudy. We had some heavy rain moving through this morning, and the rain will continue to, we'll see scattered showers. But this afternoon, we clear out. We will actually see partly sunny skies, 71 degrees for a lovely, fabulous Friday afternoon. Then tomorrow for your Saturday, not too shabby, 64 degrees. But the rain moves out mid-morning-ish, allegedly. And then the high, there are some, some pretty brisk high winds. It'll be very windy. But 64 degrees, the sun does come out at some point mid-afternoon, early afternoon tomorrow for your Saturday. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, looks like partly to mostly sunny days. Sunday chilly, 59 degrees for your high, still breezy. And then Monday, 62 degrees, remember the fills... If we don't get her done in Arizona, then the Phils would come back home to finish Game 6 on Monday. 62 degrees, bright sunny skies. Tuesday would be Game 7 if needed, and that would be 65 degrees. Next Tuesday, the 24th, and uh, partly to mostly sunny day. So that's your NBC 10 First Alert forecast. This is Kalen Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. Trump derangement syndrome uptick in cases on the way. Singer Cher saying she will leave the U.S. if former President Donald Trump defeats President Biden in next year's election, saying, quote, I almost got an ulcer last time, she told The Guardian in an interview, which was published this week, saying, quote, if he gets in, who knows, this time I will leave the United States. This following years ago in 2015 in June where she tweeted, if he were to be elected, I'm moving to Jupiter. The star, for instance, has slammed him in recent episodes in the past, calling him an effing traitor in a tweet in July of 2016. Um, and also more critical tweets in 2019. And then it doesn't stop there, Don, because Rachel Maddow says that Trump wants to, quote, execute us at MSNBC. Oh I think gosh. poor choice of words, yeah. considering what's going on in the Middle East. Um, and she went on to say that Donald Trump wants to cancel the news. He wants to make sure that we are done. He wants to put MSNBC on trial for treason so he can execute us. Because he says, quote, we are knowingly dishonest and we have corrupt coverage of people, things and events. So, you know, when you look at all the news and this will get us to the story next segment on Americans and their lack of trust in the media. Donald Trump has been very accurate with the way CNN and mainstream media portrays him. But I tell you what, I mean, it is it is remarkable. And see, this is where I think these people are smart. As much as I laugh at them like Cher or Rachel Maddow. See, the, the reality is Trump makes them relevant. Like, tr- nobody's talking about Cher right now. 
But Cher says something about Trump, it creates conversation. Rachel Maddow says something, and I think deep down inside, even though they try to act on TV like it'll be the death of America if, if the orange man gets back in the office, CNN and MSNBC, I think behind closed doors, desperately want him yeah, to be reelected well because he's content every single day. And CNN was rolling the first couple of years of the Trump presidency because they were wall to wall Trump coverage every single day. So don't get it twisted. Like Donald Trump is great for business for the media. So figured we would pass that along. But the media is struggling for Americans to believe in them. And we will give you the details as to why when we come back. It's Kale and Company Friday morning here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. We've been counting out. We've been counting down to today. Today's the big day, October, Parks Casino, the $50,000 trick or treat treasures. It's on, baby. Win, and you'll have a close encounter with the creepy claw machine. Yet yeah, winners selected every 20 minutes today, Friday, October 20th. So you earn entries for your chance to play the creepy claw with the $50,000 trick or treasures. And this is only at the number one casino, Parks Casino. Plus the hottest entertainment. Keep you coming back for more. Thousands of state-of-the-art slots, 115 table games, the best sports book on the entire East Coast. Oh, Joe Conklin's Comedy Night with New York's best club comedians. Every other Thursday night, last night was Yoli. Nick Kale was in the house, too. And, of course, the best local bands every single weekend, only at 360 Lounge. So don't miss these top headliners coming to the Excite Center Parks Casino. So tonight, the 20th, comedian Michael Blaustein. Then November 17th, Howie Mandel on Friday. Then Air Supplies, Saturday, November 18th. November 30th, Aaron Lewis on a Thursday, December 15th, Michael Carbonaro. And then Martina McBride, December 16th. Parks, the ultimate destination for all the action, excitement, entertainment, Free parking, valet parking, EV, charging stations for everybody. For all things Parks Casino, just visit ParksCasino.com. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Kale & Company, good night at Parks last night. Traffic was a nightmare to get there. So I get there real quickly and, uh, well, not real quickly, but a real quick story. And one of the big suits was there, our, our buddy Rob Kalustian. He's waiting for me. Zioli shows up. Zioli whacked a glass of wine and a bourbon quicker than I could finish two-thirds of my uh, vodka club. <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like it. And then, of course, our buddy uh, David Dorenzo was there as well, Anthony's dad. And he's also befuddled by how Anthony can live the life he lives. He said, quote, I think my son should be audited. <laughs> I said, I agree. I agree. I need that life. 855-839-1210. Cut sheet coming up 745 this morning. But, you know, you talk about low approval ratings and low poll numbers. And I'm not really surprised by this, but I am a little bit surprised when you think about trust in America right now uh, with our, our citizens, not just in the media, but really in every big institution in this country. But the latest Gallup poll was released yesterday for its annual poll of Americans and their confidence in our media and uh, our journalists out there, which we know are bought and paid for and are shills for the left. And, you know, the Michael Schellenbergers of the world, the Matt Taibis of the world that did, you know, things like the Twitter files, you know, those hardcore objective journalists that are just seeking truth for the American people 
are hard to find these days. But we are at an all-time low, Dawn. Only 39% of Americans trust the media, saying, quote, they have any trust at all in them. It was a poll conducted of just over 1,000 adult Americans from across the country, and 39% say they have uh, little to no trust. And we're at a point now where I'm just thinking about this, and I just jotted down some of our institutions. So we have the media, which is no surprise. Um, you know, if you're on the left, you think Fox is fake news. If you're on the right, you think CNN and MSNBC is fake news. Everything is slanted. You don't really, and I and I say this as a relatively avid Fox watcher, you know, they, they certainly spin things, you know, in, in one direction, and I'm not naive enough to believe that they're ever giving us 100% truth. That's why I think finding some select journalists that you really trust, that maybe you, you, you follow on social media is worth doing, and doing your own research and using your own common sense and logic. But you throw in the federal government with the FBI and the DOJ, you throw in academia, education, higher learning, heck, even at the high school and the middle school levels, they are trying to hide your child's possible gender transition or flip from parents, claiming that the parents might not have the right to know that. Throw in, you know, health agencies. Do you trust the CDC? I don't. I mean, Americans right now, only 2% of Americans have taken the latest COVID-19 booster. So it feels to me like no matter which way you turn, over the last three and a half years, it is hard to trust any big operation in this country right now. And I'm not surprised that the media uh, leading the pack right now with a, a very low approval rating in the latest Gallup poll. And, you know, I, I, I'll give you a quick story yesterday after I um, after I got up from the nap. I know, I know we all hate the nap, <laughs> but I had um, I took your advice uh, about two weeks ago because you said I should start you know, getting an annual physical. I'm going to be I'm going to be 40. So I found a, you know, a general practitioner, family doctor in the Bluebell area. And yesterday at 215 uh, before I went to parks was my physical. And as soon as I get in there, you know, I fill out all the paperwork that they emailed me that I forgot to fill out. So I had to fill it out in person and, you know, give my insurance and ID and things like that. And I, I said to uh, Kristen, because Kristen knew I was going, I said, what do you think the odds are that my general practitioner will be wearing a mask they will ask me about pronouns, and they will ask me about other things like uh, my gender. So I'm filling out, and uh, I'm not going to tweet this out because it's got some of my personal information mm-hmm. on it. But um, the third, so I'm looking at the form of the new patient intake form yesterday, and uh, it says name, address, date of birth. We get to line number four, gender assigned at birth. I left that blank out of spite. And then I put uh, the current gender. And I left that blank out of spite. And then preferred pronouns. Line five, he slash him, she slash her, they slash them. So there was two for two. And what do you know? I go in, the nurse comes in, they check my vitals. Then here comes the uh, the, the physician. He's wearing a mask. And I'm just thinking, and I texted Kristen, I'm like three for three with the uh, the trifecta with doctors. And they said, hey, uh, are you interested in getting your latest COVID booster? I said, no, thanks. He's like, what about a flu shot? I said, no, I'll pass. And then he mentioned something else that you apparently should get every 10 years. I think it's tb something or td something i wasn't paying attention anyway um so but like you know you just think about it right now what what good did this physical do you i know the doctor was like get this you're like nope get this nope you want this nope and then they recommended something else that i don't know blood work you might as well okay, not blood work go- is good. Yes. Blood work. Yes. I'm going to get the blood okay, work, good. and uh, also with my family history of heart issues, he was like, "You wanted? Let me do an EKG." They did the EKG, oh. 
it was good. I was, you know, as clean as a bell. Um, and Zioli brought up something last night too. Um, he's he's got a friend with some people in the medical field saying that you know if you are, and this is just one physician, if you're vaccinated, you might want to start looking because they're seeing an uptick in cases of people that have widowmakers and some clogged arteries with calcium. Uh, so if you're 40, 45 and above, and you're vaccinated, the next time you go for a physical. Ask about that because they're seeing a rise in healthy people with, you know, some clog. And they're not saying it's 100 percent attributable to the vaccine, but they're scratching their head over it. I say all of that to say this. I just don't trust many institutions in this country right now. And that obviously stems from the jump off point of this conversation with the media. But figured we would lay that out. I think that's more the obesity epidemic. It could be. I mean, because the vaccine, if you had it years ago, it doesn't make sense to me. That suddenly, you know what I mean? That right. that doesn't make sense to me. But some, but a lot of people, to your point, and, and look, I'm going to get my physical thanks to you. I'm going to get my physical every year now just Good. to make sure everything's fine. But you know, a lot of people don't keep up with that type of stuff. And yeah, you got might, you might have been vaccinated in April of 2021, but if you have like a, a family history like I do with heart issues, and you're walking around with two or three widowmakers, I mean, and you don't know it, there's no recovery from that. Right. I mean, when you drop, you're done. Yeah. So, you are you going to get that test done? Oh, absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah, my my dad's dad dropped dead at 46 of a heart attack. Healthy, he was a boxer. Great, he had like two percent body fat. And then my dad had heart issues, but he was the opposite. He didn't take care of himself. So, I, I got two things working against me. You know, yeah. potentially, you know, dietary, but more importantly, probably you know the hereditary stuff with the genes. The it, blood work will t- tell. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah, the blood work important. done. At, you know, down the street next week. So. Right. And well, you have to fast. You know you have to fast before that. Yeah, Sorry, ten, Greg. 10 to 12 hours. If you would like to uh, um, audition to be the next morning show host, WPHD. <laughs> I swear I'm in good oh health, God. I really am. I eat really clean. I, you know, we not, just got used to this one. He didn't tell us about it. No, I'm Nick's, I know. Not, Nick's, not, Nick's not long for this world. I know. So. Stop. Opelka, be on standby, buddy. <laughs> oh this could be our last round of golf next weekend. Oh, Your boy could drop at any moment. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'm walking you around stop. with a few Widowmakers. You never know. Yeah. We all could be. Nobody knows. I know. That's true. And and, and that's the other thing, not to go on like a, a medical. You could get hit by a septa bus. Right. It's Philadelphia. Not to go on a medical dietary, but it's like, you know, every time you go to these, and I'm not against going to doctors. You know, I go all the time for whatever. But, you know, it's just like, hey, have you considered this? Oh, and by the way, my, my blood pressure was up a little bit, and so was my, my heart rate because terrible timing for me. Two or three days a week when I get up from the nap, I, I'll have one of the eight-ounce Red Bulls oh just to get going again. Not a good idea to drink no. that before you go in for a physical because when they look at some of your vitals and they're off the charts, you, you can thank Red Bull for that. Yeah. yeah. So it was a bad job out of me all around, but it was well worth it. So thank you, Don. Yes, sir. I will not drop dead of a heart attack because my co-host cares for me. That's right. Yes. So we got to take care of you. Yeah. Kristen was like, why are you going to get a physical now all of a sudden? I said, because Don said I should. Yes. So, and I every do, year you got to do it. I do listen to you. And because your heart issues, they might want more blood work. That's correct. But make sure you fast. I would say more than a little over 12 hours. Will do. I'll cut it off uh, 6 o'clock the night before. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 855-839-1210, the number. Apparently, Vicky didn't get the memo. Everything that goes woke fails. And it's no secret. The details when we come back, Kale and Company. It's Kale and Company on demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. This morning, the debut of a new segment, email bag and ask us anything. That's coming up at 930. When it comes to ask us anything, you can get your questions in now on YouTube. 
on Twitter, uh, and then we will read those and also take live calls at 930. I have uh, three pages worth of email. Oh, stuff. my goodness. So. And that's what? Greg.stalker at, at Odyssey? Odyssey.com, yeah. A-U-D-A-C-Y. And, and by the way, some people uh, trash the uh, trash the app and the company, and I'm I'm reading everything. So you 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 read uh, – uh, we're going to respond, but you write to me, and we'll respond to it. Not everything needs to be on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. Greg, can you when tell I, us why you were reading bad-mouthing stuff about Odyssey? When I – no, no, no. Not Odyssey. I mean the station. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Criticize the station all you want. Exactly. Exactly. Criticize all the hosts. I don't care. So as long as my paycheck clears, <laughs> I'm fine by that. I don't it, want criticism. No? You don't? You take it pretty well, too, Dawn. I, I would know, say. I'm just teasing. I, I want you to play that bus driver sounder. Oh. Like, if somebody complains about me. Yeah. Damn it! How much more do you expect me not to a, take? Not a lot of... There's, <laughs> there's, there's one salty Dawn email. Salty. 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 Yeah, somebody somebody is calling in to question something you said. So Okay. But nothing horrible. What? I mean, what, no, what was it? We have to wait oh. for 930. That's right. Less than two hours away. Come on. All right. It's got a radio tease, darling. Yes. You've been in the business long enough to just know because you. your job sucks doesn't mean the radio right. station you listen to has <laughs> to. Thank Greg Stacker is such a tease. <laughs> 855-839-1210. You know... It, it really should not come as a surprise, but I, I actually think, the, you know, and we know the motivations behind this, you know, uh, social credit scores, CEI reports, things like that. But you would think after the spring and the summer and the early portion of the fall that a lot of corporations had, when it came to doing stupid things like hiring Dylan Mulvaney to promote American beer, you might pivot away from the things that we know doesn't work. And the old adage is, if it's not broke, why fix it? I remember, and Greg, you'll know this, the Palmer Park Mall in Eastern Pennsylvania. When I was in college, when that's the mall I grew up at as a kid, they always had a Victoria's Secret there. And uh, even when I was uh, dating Kristen before being married, I'd walk by Victoria's Secret. It would always make me feel a little uneasy. It's like the episode of Married with Children where Al has oh, to go gosh. in to buy Peg oh, lingerie. Yeah, okay. He says, no man should ever step foot in a place like this. It's just wrong. Well, it's just wrong when you're Victoria's Secret and you ditch a beautiful campaign of gorgeous women in lingerie and you say, you know what, let's get rid of our hyper-sexualized image, which is absurd, and ditch the sexiness all for the sake of transforming around a woke movement of inclusive body positivity. And oh, by the way... Let's let's find a pitch person for this. Somebody that we know has a track record of tuning out at least half of America. Let's hire U.S. Women's National Team soccer sensation Megan Rapino, who is you know her last name is Rapino, but it might as well be repulsive because she turns off like sixty five percent of Americans with her nonstop woke social messaging. And I, I've come to the conclusion in this lifetime that there are three things that will sell and are recession proof. Sex, booze, and gambling. So it's really hard to screw things up if you're Victoria's Secret, and yet they were able to do so. And according to the numbers, with this uh, Megan Rapino sales pitch, they lost their, uh, they're down 5%. Their projected revenue for 2023 is $6.2 billion, which is 5% lower than last year, and even lower than 2021 when the brand's revenue was $7.5 billion. In 2021, Megan Rapino called out what the brand had been before the revamp, claiming it had sent 
a really harmful message that was patriarchal, sexist, and viewing not just what it meant to be sexy, but what the clothes were trying to accomplish through a male lens and through what men desired. And it was very much marketed towards younger women, said the U.S. women's star uh, when it comes to soccer. So, yes, yes, it, it was marketed for through the male lens. Because, I like, I, newsflash, maybe we can play the breaking news sounder. Men like beautiful women, scantily clad apparel and attire. Most straight, cis, white, heterosexual males like a lady in a bathing suit, a bikini, a bra, lingerie, panties, the whole bit. You know, I have no problem saying it. that doesn't make you sexist. That is just a fact. But Megan Rapino says, why don't we change it up a little bit here? Why don't we do something different? And then Victoria's Secret goes along with it. It, it would be the equivalent, Dawn, of Megan Rapino showing up in Greg's email and saying, hey, what if you? What, what about switching twelve ten around and making the station very left wing? And Greg goes along with it. And two years later, uh, the bosses are like, "We're tanking right now. Why would you listen to a soccer player? Who who signed off on this? Yeah, that's Megan Rapino in a nutshell, right there, with Victoria's Secret, Don. Yeah, and they even so they they lost billions, billions, right? Because it was stupid. But they also, what they stopped doing as well, they stopped carrying, like, all the curvy sizes. Okay. So they would only, in, like, their bras or whatever, they wouldn't carry anything beyond whatever the, you know, 38, double D, that was, like, the biggest. They used to carry everything. I thought they would carry more of that in in an effort to be more inclusive for the big-boned female. Nope. Wow. Nope. Okay. They stopped, like, supporting the curves, too. And so I think that a a lot of real women... Just said, yeah, I'm not going there anymore. That's and, amazing. And and so it wasn't just it wasn't just that your your husband who or your boyfriend whatever would used to go there and buy you some nice gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it was just in general, real women are sick of companies that don't want to celebrate real women. Is you don't that- want to celebrate me. I'm the ice. I used to be. I loved Victoria's Secret. I loved. They had a good product, and then they stopped really catering to real women I, so i was just like nope not i haven't been in one in years that's, that's like like the big and tall stores all of a sudden only selling yeah. apparel for short people yeah like you're going against your what's made yep. your brand stand out right yeah like you know victoria's secret um it, what are some other things that men have loved in the past with female and uh, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue that used to come out every year? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, I saw and speaking of this absurdity, there's another story about what I forget who's published it, but it's the 100 sexiest women on the planet. And it's a it's a one through 100 list. Mm-hmm. And number 92 is a transgendered female. And they are saying that yeah. <laughs> this person is one of the sexiest females alive. He's a man. But Nick, you're it's funny cuz so your perspective is is obviously cuz you're you're a man, right? So you're looking at this from the from that lens of like buying for, you know, your significant other that sort of thing. What I'm saying here mm-hmm. is that truly that what this is all about is women. Just like let's say Moms for Liberty, right? At yep. the school board level, all of that women are sick and tired of not of of this whole situation where where 
biological males with the apparatus, the whole thing, mm-hmm. can mock us. Yeah. I mean, it's woman-faced. That's what this is. And Women are sick of it. And I so agree. these they are women consum- consumers who've driven this, not necessarily, you know, that your husband's going to go. Because I would say before, my husband would go once a year. Mm-hmm. One Christmas was really an awkward Christmas. Larry, like went crazy and bought all this like really and i'm like oh and the kids are like oh my god you know what I mean? I, i've done it I, I i've done that in the past for Kristen. i go in there don't i start sweating profusely my hands are soaking wet i am scared to death i don't know what i'm looking for i don't want people to make judgments i'm like i'm just trying to do something nice for the lady of my life and i oh, come uh-huh. come this come this way sir and it's it's unbelievable but you know i i don't go as far as say it's like you know you see some of these headlines uh uh, the woke movement trying to eradicate women. You know what they're trying to do to me? It's not eradicate women. It's they're trying to make what being a woman is open for interpretation. Yeah, it's and disrespect. It's, and, it's, and it's not open for interpretation. That's right. And it's, so, I, but this is what everybody, you know, they're talking about. I hate that they're, even the headlines say, oh, woke, hurt, you know, Victoria's Secret or whatever. Target, the same thing. Mm-hmm. I can just tell you, as a woman, as a consumer, all of these stores, I haven't been in a Target in forever. And mm-hmm. and I have so many friends who've told me, and I have gift cards. The same with Victoria's Secret. These are women consumers who just, and it's not even that I boycotted it. Mm-hmm. It's just either they're not meeting my needs anymore or I'm just turned off. Right. And there are so many other places Which speaks volumes. You, you can have, go. You have gift cards. You basically have been given free money yeah. by friends or family to go shop. Yep. And you still refuse it's to. It's like, nah. Very interesting. Okay, 855-839-1210, 7.46 Friday morning, always an entertaining edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on Fridays, brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers. Because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Judith Yosef and the whole team at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Thank you, Cherry Hill Volvo, for sponsoring the Friday and always the best edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. So we we played a lot this week of the media hyping up the what, what appears to be Hamas disinformation about the... Um, the bombing of the hospital there yes. in Gaza. And uh, we, our friends at Gravy did a gr- really great job of, you know, we talk about disinformation and misinformation all the time. These, these what what most people would consider, well, maybe not after that, uh, that poll you released, but what a lot of people consider reputable news sources right. are, are basically coming out and being like, ah, look, look what the Israeli military did. Mm-hmm. Just hyping up this nonsense. Yep. So like, luckily our friends at Gravia put together a little montage of... The receipts. The receipts of how media was just led by propaganda. Hamas. Yeah. By terrorists. Right. Cut one. But there is a great opportunity for misinformation, especially on social media. I caution you to be very careful. 
about what you choose to believe and on what basis. The horrific scene at a hospital in Gaza today, an explosion <laughs> that killed more than 500 people. The government in Gaza says the Israeli Defense Forces uh, struck a hospital in the center of Gaza City. An airstrike hit a Gaza City hospital, killing at least 500 people. It's because of an alleged Israeli airstrike on a hospital in Gaza that Hamas health officials say killed more than 500 people. And when you're talking about 500 people, you have to wonder how many of those people are innocent civilians. That minimum, hundreds of people have been killed in what they say was an Israeli airstrike. Right. where a hospital was caved in, killing hundreds and stranding an untold number under the concrete. By far, the deadliest Israeli airstrike ever. Hundreds taking shelter at a Gaza City hospital were killed in an Israeli airstrike today. Israel says it was targeting Hamas hideouts. Palestinian officials saying at least 500 people killed in what they claim was an Israeli airstrike. Aftermath of an alleged airstrike on a Gaza hospital that killed more than 500 people. An Israeli missile struck the hospital. Absolutely horrific loss of life. By the way, this is all, this is from across the pond and everything. Yep, yep. And the ones who said alleged or they claim, mm-hmm. that to me is is fair game if you're saying they claim this happened or this allegedly happened. But most of those you've heard just were saying, oh, a deadly thing, you know, never even had any attribution or attempt no. to give attribution. I'm not sure if it's just an agenda or pure laziness, but, I, you know, at that level, when you're at the – MSNBC, CNN, BBC level of news. Like, you can't be that naive and get it that wrong. It's one thing if you, you know, mispronounce something or you get a stat slightly wrong. But this is this is media malpractice at its finest. Yeah. And now we're hearing that the death count is not 471, but it's just a couple of dozen. So they can't even get anything right. Uh, a little bit more, please. This is not the first time violence has actually hit what's supposed to be, obviously, a place of healing. Deadly explosion at a hospital in Gaza. Palestinian officials say hundreds were killed, and they're blaming Israel. This was not a blast. Uh, this was not an explosion. This was an airstrike. It was a deliberate war crime that Israel conducted on this hospital. At least two to 300 people killed in that strike and many, many, many more feared dead. Now, Hamas is calling this a genocide. 200 to 300 people uh, believed to be dead at this stage. There are also many examples of, uh, you know, of civilian deaths caused directly by Israel. There's no doubt about it. In the fog of war, what can we say for sure? The Baptist. Caused mm-hmm. Israel, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Can that was Anderson Cooper. Clear and convincing. It's yeah. just this fact that's not open for interpretation. Trust us. We're, we're CNN. Which is remarkable. You know, and, and it's not just that they get it wrong. It's they're all together and complicit at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if they're all taking the marching orders from a, like a, a media-wide industry email with a memo and some talking points. But they, they, they're, they're marching in order on every topic, whether it's, you know, vaccines, whether it's Israel. They're, they're collectively wrong, and it's the same talking points, and they're collectively wrong at the same time together in harmony. It's just interesting to me what they pick and choose to run with as far as sourcing goes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you can talk about the Hunter Biden laptop and all that stuff. Like the sourcing for that, no matter where, you know, everything turned out to be true for that. But like the sourcing for that at the beginning was a little suspect. Right. But then the media was like, well, hold on here. Hold on here. We don't know this. But with this, yep. this is literally war propaganda yes. that every major network is running with. Yes. So where was the... Where were the breaks for that sourcing? None. You know what I mean? And so they, they're just trying to attract eyeballs and viewers because I would assume when we're at war or other nations are, ratings for these networks typically would go up, I would presume. But everybody, all of these 
people are professionals. They're veterans. They're not rookies. The fact that and they've covered wars before and reported on this, maybe not Anderson Cooper, I don't know, on the scene or whatever, but to, to not give any attempted at attribution, it's it just, um, it's gross. Yeah, who was the, I, <laughs> my question is, who was the first to report this? I don't know that. I don't know that answer. Okay. But who who was the first to run with, and where and who was the source that you know what I mean? Who was the first reporter? You're talking about the alleged hospital yes, attack. Yes, yes. Because everybody seemed to then parrot that information. Because mm-hmm. we know it was on the front page of the New York Times, Washington Post, every Wall Street Journal, every major newspaper ran with it. You would like to think somebody that has their feet on the ground over there, whether it's a Trey Yinks of Fox News or whoever CNN has sent abroad or MSNBC. Um, but again, and maybe this is the big theme is the rush to get a story out and say you're breaking news as opposed to getting it right. But you look at, I just look at the aftermath of it. And what irks me is the Wall Street Journal, 22 hours ago, the headline is, confusion yeah. over Gaza hospital blast shows the challenge, you know, for reporters. No, 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 no. There's no confusion here. Don't try to mitigate the mistake and the media malpractice. They need to come out and say, we got it wrong. We didn't give proper attribution. It would have been okay if they had said Hamas claims this. Mm-hmm. It, and that's what we did, by the way. It's not too difficult to go IDF, Israel Defense Forces. This is what they claim. Mm-hmm. Hamas claims this. BBC says this, you know what I mean? You can give those kinds of reports and just, and then let people decide. You, you have, you have taught a journalism class in the past, correct? Yes. Do you have any interest in teaching it anymore? Like, Like, let's say Drexel came to you and said, we want you to teach a class Wednesday nights in the fall. Would you do it? And would you start with, here's rule number one in Professor Stenzlin's class. Everything you see on mainstream media, don't follow that protocol. Listen to what I'm telling you. Because it seems to me like, we really need to reteach Journalism 101 to our young people today. Yeah, and that's part of the problem there. Donald Gilmore, who was who was a professor of mine, actually, at the University of Minnesota, wrote the book on journalism law. Mm-hmm. But they're, they don't, they're nowadays communication schools yeah. as opposed to actual journalism schools. Right. So Temple is very good locally. Syracuse, obviously, yep. Northwestern. I mean, we, so... I would just say that this one, though, it's it's really common sense, and they defied that because of their political slants, yep. and and so they wanted, it, and that's just the, what bothers me. They wanted mm-hmm. this to be true. Yep, a little bit more here. Hospital in Gaza City, that's the northern half of Gaza, has taken a direct hit from an Israeli airstrike. They are saying at minimum, at minimum, 300 people are dead. Egypt is, is saying it's very upset about this this hospital bombing. It's, the World Health Organization has strongly condemned the attack. How about don't bomb the hospitals? How about you well, You just admitted that you did bomb the hospital? Today, the death toll rose significantly in a horrific attack in Gaza. 200 to 300 people were killed. The Palestinians are talking about 500 dead. Uh, some are, Initially, they talked about two or 300. Later, up that number to 500. Uh, it is unlikely that a, a, a rocket, uh, a crude rocket fired by a Palestinian group could cause that number of casualties hard to see uh, how that would have been a, a misfire of rocket this kind of death toll is not what you normally associate with palestinian rockets these rockets are dangerous they are deadly they do not tend to kill hundreds of people and we should say finally that there are instances in the past where the israeli military has said things in the immediate aftermath
aftermath of an incident that it turned out not to be true in the long run. Quote, um, it's almost like they're hoping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of course they were. You know exactly because you've seen their agenda from day one. It's been far much more pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian movement than I ever thought it would be. But I, I also think it's worth pointing out when we talk about media that it, at this high of a level, I, I feel like the opinion and the splashy take has kind of overtaken journalistic credibility and you know integrity. And I do think there's a major difference between those who are journalists that are paid to report facts and those that are opinionists and entertainers that are paid to you know put on a show and a performance and get their opinions out there and get people talking about it. And in to that regard, I would say if you're an opinionist like a talk show host or you know Tucker Carlson, I know he's got a journalism background or whatever, but you know, you don't always have to be right. It's not about being right. It's about having your opinion and getting ratings. But when you're one of these reporters for any of these networks or even at a lower level locally, the Inquirer, the Washington Post, the New York Post, the Washington Times, on down the list, you, there's, there still needs to be an element of you have to go in there, regardless of whether your publication is left-leaning or right-leaning, and report the facts. It can't just be yeah. opinion and agenda. Yeah, and, and those, we talked about this, those reporters from the from all the different networks, especially Fox, but but all of them, even I told you the one situation where Terry Moran had suggested, but he did say, if this is true, if this is true, uh, it would be a war crime. And so the reporter on the scene was very quick to say, well, we're getting differing accounts of this. And she and she saved him because she walked that back. And so the, the reporters on the scene, I would trust the most because they're there on the ground and they're hearing all of this. Mm-hmm. But NPR, I saw a report where NPR was saying, well, part of this is fueled by Elon Musk's changes to X to monetize false information. It's of like, course. really, Elon Musk um, put those words in Anderson Cooper's mouth? Right, because he's charging a dollar a year now to post a tweet. Yeah. It's Elon's fault. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've i seen this all play out before with the media and newspapers and all that stuff, uh, uh, planting false mm-hmm. stories to send us into war. I think about 2003 WMDs. It was the New York Times that yep. that that ran with these, you know, bogus stories that mm-hmm. they were getting from, you know, God knows where. Yep. You know, maybe administration, I don't know, but 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 it, it and it, it it really led to really rallying the nation mm-hmm. like yes, we need these this is a threat. We need to do this. Yep. I, I'm not saying Hamas is not a threat because obviously they are, right. but but it does seem to me, like they they seem to be rallying everybody oh, yeah. to say, "Hey, you know what? This is a this is this is an all out war now." You make a great point because sometimes the subject matter being covered, the organization, the team, the player, the president, that administration, they are the source. They yeah. they give the media something, whether it's true or not, to run with and get that out there. I've seen that in countless times in sports where this was false, but you know the Eagles wanted to have this message out there, so they tipped off a reporter and said, "Hey." Here, here. You want a you want a story? Here's a nugget for you. I mean, a lot of this could be coming from from the Biden administration to yeah. these reporters. Yeah, and war propaganda. I mean, talk about teaching classes. You could teach a class in world history, dating all the way back to the Greeks, kings, queens. I mean, Vietnam. I mean, you know, you can talk about war propaganda, but we in America, we don't like to admit to Greg's point that we in America as well. Our government has used propaganda mm-hmm. to motivate people and even in the world wars, etc. And so war propaganda is nothing new. 
perhaps the pandemic taught us all and this and this entire generation from you know kids who were banned from school all the way on up i, I think it, it, a ton of people in america and worldwide when you go back to your your trust story yeah have these trust issues and i and i think maybe that's a hidden silver lining of the pandemic that now like my kids they're so skeptical of information and sourcing and so maybe that's a good thing that yeah. maybe we can say well is that's that a, one good takeaway is it a good thing though? yeah is it to be I, skeptical I just, yeah yep. I, no I, I agree with you but when we can't trust anything we see where are we as a society Make sure I, you use your critical thinking skills yes, and at yeah, least but, ponder uh, stuff indeed okay. and that's why they have to distract us with you know pronouns okay. and bs because they want us, they want to indoctrinate kids from a young age and distract them to the point and, and make them lose their critical thinking. But I think in truth, the opposite with with certain young people, the opposite has when, happened. When when I I take the complete opposite approach, I think that when when we don't believe every anything we see, we're much easier to be led by people that have ill intentions. I would say I would just alter that we are much easier to remain divided. Yeah. Because you're going to have some people that always believe what they're told. Then you have the other opposite end of the extreme spectrum that, you know, mm-hmm. people out there that claim everything's a conspiracy theory, which it's not. But the reality is life's lived in the gray area. And I think that's where a lot of people should be. It's like, you know, take everything you know, like we say, take polls with a grain of salt. Take every bit of news with a grain of salt. Is that really what they're? Is that really what's happening, or is that because there's the story, and then there's what they want to tell you the story is, and those are two stark differences. Yeah, and so you have people that you have come to trust, maybe even on social media. Even though Greg says don't get your news from Twitter, but I think for a lot of Americans, they have their sources that they trust more than others. And this is the demise of our network news as we know it, because so many, so many across the board are just not trusted anymore. Well, yeah, and that yeah. was the, you know, yeah. Cronkite. Cronkite was the height of, right, people trusted, you know, Cronkite. Nowadays, who do you really trust? Yeah, that's a good point. Um You know, we talk about, and I'm not one who is, who, you know, I don't blame people's uh, words for other people's actions meaning that like i don't think that some something i say can incite somebody to do something i right. I, I you know that's my whole free speech mantra yep um but you could also make the the point if we're going down this road that all of this reporting and the the the, the evil israelis who bombed the hospital with children in it that 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 this may have contributed to a lot of the unease uneasiness in the Middle East and mm-hmm. uh, the storming of the embassy and the storming of the capital that just happened yesterday or the day before. Yep. Because they're hearing this from the news and they're mm-hmm. saying, "Oh my God, what are the Israelis doing? We we need to stop this." Yep, I totally agree. But I'm with you from the standpoint. I don't I don't think words of one can incite actions of another. A pro Palestine student. Uh, says that she did, and she she did six hours of research okay. from unbiased sources before leading a high school walkout for Gaza cease for a Gaza cease, ceasefire. So okay. this is this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about when people get just get their information and news yeah. from social media yeah. and wherever they like don't really know. TikTok. Six hours of research she did, and she organized a high school walkout 
uh, for a Gaza ceasefire. Okay. Uh, this was reported. This was in San Francisco. This is Balboa High School in San Francisco. This is KPIX TV in the Bay Area. Cut to Daniel. Students across the Bay Area left their classrooms to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. Our chopper caught the protests in both San Francisco and Berkeley. Viva, viva Palestina! Viva, viva Palestina! This was a video shot by the student protesters from Galileo Academy in San Francisco. Students also marched through hallways at Balboa High School across the Bay in Oakland. Students left their class to show their support for the people in Gaza. Jose Martinez has more on today's protests. I'm here at Balboa High School, just one of many schools in San Francisco that participated in the first student walkout for Gaza. I spent some time talking to one of the students, and she has a lot to say. Students here at Balboa High School are taking a stance. We refuse to stay silent. This cycle of violence, violence must end. Many protesting on Wednesday in support of Palestine, demanding an immediate ceasefire. Behind this demonstration is Ishel, a 16-year-old junior at Balboa High School. Half Farsi and half Latina, she felt a deep connection to the ongoing conflict in Gaza and decided to take action. My first plan of action was we made an Instagram account for Balboa. Oh, boy. And uh, I did six hours of research six hours. and gathered as much information from unbiased sources unbiased. as I could and put it together in a slideshow, mm. basically giving all the context to the history. Unbiased um, on Instagram. And the context of what's happening right now. At 10.30 in the morning, Michelle and her fellow classmates walked out of their classrooms, all part of a growing movement of young activists nationwide demanding awareness in action in response to the crisis in Gaza. Many of them were also at City Hall, where a press conference was held. The walkouts come in the wake of Tuesday's blast at a hospital in Gaza City, where hundreds of patients and civilians were killed. Well, I mean, look, if you're marching for peace and you just, if you're playing it down the middle and you're saying, like Don Stenzel would say with the House GOP, just get it together, yeah. figure it out, fine. But I don't even know that they, these these young high school, I guess they would still be, are they Gen Z as well? Or maybe there's another generation below that. I don't even know that they know what they're advocating for. Well, they don't. Like, I'm, that's, I'm, the, I'm, that's the point of this. They I, don't. I, I'm so tired of hearing these young activists. They're not even intelligent enough to qualify as an activist. They don't even know what they're marching for. Like when I saw those signs two weeks ago when we first started talking about this story, uh, uh, queers for Hamas. I'm like, are you aware that they want you beheaded? Yeah. yeah. They, these people are just lost. Uh, and by the way, Jim Jordan is uh, speaking now um, about his House Speaker vote uh, on TV. If if you care, well, maybe we'll get that coming up in uh, part due at the bottom of uh, the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, we played some of this and discussed it a lot in the 6 o'clock hour, but for those of you who didn't watch, I'm sure there's a lot who didn't because of the Phillies last night. Joe Biden had a, his his uh, primetime national address last night to discuss what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, a few clips here. Uh, Daniel, this is the one I just uh, pulled for you. This is the uh, Biden urges Americans to renounce violence. We, we reject all forms of hate. Uh, Joe Biden from last night. And break our hearts. On October 7th, terror attacks have triggered deep scars and terrible memories in the Jewish community. Today, Jewish families worried about being targeted in school, wearing symbols of the face walking down the street, or going out about their daily lives. 
and I know many of you in the Muslim American community, the Arab American community, the Palestinian American community, and so many others are outraged and hearty, saying to yourselves, here we go again with Islamophobia and distrust we saw after 9-11. Just last week, a mother was brutally stabbed. A little boy here in the United States, a little boy who just turned six years old was murdered in their home outside of Chicago. His name was Wadiha, Wadiha, a proud American, a proud Palestinian-American family. We can't stand by and stand silent when this happens. We must, without equivocation, denounce anti-Semitism. We must also, without equivocation, denounce Islamophobia. And to all you hurting, those of you hurting, I want you to know I see you. You belong. And I want to say this to you. You're all America. You're all America. This is in a moment, you know, in moments like these, when fear and suspicion, anger and rage run hard, that we have to work harder than ever to hold on to the values that make us who we are. We're a nation of religious freedom, freedom of expression. We all have a right to debate and disagree without fear of being targeted in schools or workplaces or in our communities. That's a lie. I must renounce violence and vitriol. See each other not as enemies, but as fellow Americans. When I was in Israel yesterday, I uh, said that when America experienced the hell of 9-11, we felt enraged as well. While we sought and got justice, we made mistakes. So I cautioned the government of Israel not to be blinded by rage. And here in America, let us not forget who we are. We reject all forms, all forms of hate whether against Muslim, Jews, or anyone. That's what great nations do. And we are a great nation. Well, what about hatred for Republicans that just disagree with your policies and beliefs? But, you know, he mentions 9-11 there. And they used 9-11 as a launching pad to go over into the Middle East under the fake nonsense of Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, which led to, you know, years and years and years of a never-ending battle against terror against Afghanistan and Pakistan and everywhere else in between. And now I just feel like I said in the big take, he's using Israel here kind of as a shield to further justify the Russia-Ukraine situation and the never-ending money, the billions upon billions that go to Ukraine. And now, as I mentioned earlier this morning, there's going to be another handful of billions of dollars that go to Israel. So it's it's this never-ending fun. He wants peace and he wants everybody to have no hatred. Yet here we are and we're funding two massive wars that are going on. Uh, speaking of funding, we played this earlier, but I'm going to play it again for those of you who tune in late. By the way, we are 28 subscribers, 28 subscribers, Nick, away from 5,000. What? 5,000? 5,000. I was thinking maybe 4,900. No. Whoa. So we're 28 subscribers We're going to smash that Thanksgiving goal. From uh, 5,000. So if we, okay. if, if, if you're watching right now, please hit the, uh, hit the subscribe button. Can you be the 5,000th subscriber? I'd appreciate that. Do it right now. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Mm-hmm. Okay, the funding. Uh, he says that, that that together funding Israel and Ukraine is a, is a smart investment. Come okay. American leadership is what holds the world together. American alliances will keep us, America, safe. American values are what make us a partner that other nations want to work with. To put all that at risk, if we walk away from Ukraine, if we turn our backs on Israel... It's just not worth it. 
That's why tomorrow I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine. It's a smart investment that's going to pay dividends for American security for generations. Help us keep American troops out of harm's way. Help us build a world that is safer, more peaceful, more prosperous for our children and grandchildren. In Israel, we must make sure that they have what they need to protect their people today and always. The security package I'm sending to Congress and asking Congress to do is an unprecedented commitment to Israel's security that will sharpen Israel's qualitative military edge, which we've committed to, the qualitative military edge. We're going to make sure Iron Dome continues to guard the skies over Israel. So we are going to continue funding these wars for the security and the safety of Americans in this country, yet simultaneously have the most disastrous southern border we have ever seen, where people are coming in 11,000 a day, and that is not a national security interest or problem for America. And here's the funding numbers that he's talking about. Biden's request to Congress will include $14 billion for Israel, $60 billion for Ukraine, $10 billion for general humanitarian aid, $100 million for Gaza. He Basically, he's funding Hamas $100 million is what he's doing. And $14 billion to process illegals faster at the southern border. Well, I saw a lot of the criticism uh, for uh, for the speech last night was that he didn't bring up Iran. No. And who's funding. Which is, I said that yeah. in the big take this morning. Yeah, I know. He almost omits Iran out of, like, fear of escalate. It's like he's he's really afraid of ruffling the feathers of some of these um, administrations that have sinister intentions. Yeah, and waiting in the wings is uh, Hezbollah, too, which is, yeah. you know. And as we know, they have about 100,000 troops and 130,000 missiles and drones. Hezbollah to Hamas is like a a Mercedes-Benz to a Honda. It's a a different machine. It's a higher caliber machine, if you know what I mean. Uh, He he said last night that the the hospital explosion in Gaza was was not done uh, by the Israelis. So I guess good on him for saying this. Cut nine. And also angry, in shock, and in deep, deep pain. I also spoke with President Abbas, the Palestinian Authority, and reiterated the United States remains committed to the Palestinian people's right to dignity and to self-determination. The actions of Hamas terrorists don't take that right away. Like so many other, I'm heartbroken by the tragic loss of Palestinian life, including the explosion at the hospital in Gaza, which was not done by the Israelis. We mourn every innocent life lost. We can't ignore the humanity of innocent Palestinians who only want to live in peace and have an opportunity. You know, the assault on Israel echoes nearly 20 months of war, tragedy, and brutality inflicted on the people of Ukraine, people that were very badly hurt since Putin launched his all-out invasion. We've not forgotten the mass graves, the bodies found bearing signs of torture, rape used as a weapon by the Russians and thousands and thousands of Ukrainian children forcibly taken into Russia, stolen from their parents. It's sick. Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but they share this in common. They both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy, completely annihilate it. Hamas' stated purpose for existing is the destruction of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. 
Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses Palestinian civilians as human shields, and innocent Palestinian families are suffering greatly because of them. So nice of Joe to, you know, clarify and clear up the fact that it was it was not Israel. It was Hamas. And, you know, you never get Joe in a one on one setting where you can ask a question. And if you do, it's all screened and scripted in advance. But I would ask Joe, now that you have clarified this and cleared up any misconception of who was at fault, have you spoken to Rashida Tlaib and asked her why she has not taken down her Twitter post with her false now debunked accusations? Yeah, the squad not too happy with Joe because they're sticking with this narrative. Uh-huh. So um, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, this whole thing plays out. I just don't know. I don't know if if we as Americans have the, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of Americans, you know, can rally around you know what happened in Israel, and we can get behind funding for them to do any to do to fight. I, I think I think for but, a certain period of time. But, you know, much like Russia, Ukraine, that that support will well, begin to diminish after 12 months, 18 months, two years. Yeah. Russia, Ukraine, I think, is a completely different yep. situation. Yep. And I don't think it has the majority of American support. So trying yeah. to combine these two, I think, is I understand why they're doing it, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the way they can get the fastest cash. Right. But. I just don't see the American people buying that. No. I don't know. It was it, Like I said, it was a very less than stellar speech on many fronts last night. Uh, one more on this. Uh, he started off talking about the American hostages and how we're going to get them back. This is how he opened the speech last night in uh, uh, first primetime address. Cut eight. Oval Office and the President of the United States. Joe Biden. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We're facing an inflection point in history. One of those moments where the decisions we make today are going to determine the future for decades to come. That's what I'd like to talk with you about tonight. You know, earlier this morning, I returned from Israel. <clears throat> they tell me I'm the first American president to travel there during the war. I met with the prime minister and members of his cabinet. And most movingly, I met with Israelis who had personally lived through horrific horror of the attack by Hamas on the 7th of October. More than 1,300 people slaughtered in Israel, including at least 32 American citizens. Scores of innocents, from infants to the elderly grandparents, Israelis, Americans taken hostage. And as I told the families of Americans being held captive by Hamas, we're pursuing every avenue to bring their loved ones home. As president, there is no higher priority for me than the safety of Americans held hostage. The terrorist group Hamas unleashed pure, unadulterated evil in the world. But sadly, the Jewish people know perhaps better than anyone that there is no limit to the depravity of people when they want to inflict pain on others. In Israel, I saw people who were strong, determined, resilient, and also angry, in shock, and in deep, deep pain. Deep, deep pain. Well, yes, that is correct, and maybe it would be uh, beneficial and advantageous of you to really come out and totally, totally condemn Hamas. Maybe it would be nice if you spoke up about all these college kids around the country speaking out that are trying to rationalize the radicalized section of Palestinians known as Hamas that are beheading babies and and slaughtering dogs and killing the elderly and females again you know it's and if you listen to it not just in one soundbite but if you go back and watch the whole thing 
like Greg just said, he kind of merged Russia, Ukraine with Israel and Palestine and everything going on. And he's talking about, you know, how we have to eradicate hate. But here's the other thing. If you want peace and yes, I would much rather send money than American soldiers over there. At some point, don't you have to say, and we've talked about this in some of the polling as to whether or not Americans support America being the global police. At some point, don't you have to say this isn't our war? Like, I think Israel's yes. Israel's more of our war because we have so many Israeli Americans that live in the United States. But like Russia, Ukraine, that's not our battle. And I know you want to protect the world and not have World War Three, but... What you're doing right now is actually, I think, creating World War Three. Neither of them are our wars. I I know there's I know there's American casualties. I know there's American hostages. I know Israel is our closest ally. I I get all that, and I'm I'm sympathetic and supportive of all that. I just it, this this war that is that that has been going on for generations. It's just not our fight, and it will never they, end. And it will never end. The only way. The only way. Israel is going to achieve some sort of, and I, I even cringe at using the word peace because there's there's really there's really no, there's really no way to achieve peace there. But the only way they're going to get some semblance of peace is if they go there and they just they put up the best fight that they can and just show them that they're not you know this is this is what we're going to do to you every time yep. you you know try and attack us. Yes, you set a precedent that this will not be tolerated. And you're gonna get you're gonna get wiped out every time you think you're gonna get one by on us. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, spoke yesterday. Mustard. He's still running for president. By the Is way. Is he really? Yeah. We um, haven't talked too much about Ron lately. Have he we? he said that he will do uh, he will do zero refugees from from the Gaza Strip into the U.S. when he's president. So when he's president, where he's not taking in any refugees. Mm-hmm. Cut six. <laughs> And now you hear calls, particularly from people on the very far left, that people, you know, because you've got a couple million people in the Gaza Strip, that somehow we should be importing as refugees Palestinian Arabs uh, from the Gaza Strip. Look, that's not our role to be doing that. Those Arab countries should take them in, in the neighboring area. But I don't want to import the pathologies of the Gaza Strip into the United States of America. So we will do zero refugees from the Gaza Strip into the United States when I'm president. I agree with that. You, so. Well, you'll never be president, but if you were, <laughs> I applaud that move. And that's something I've been pointing out for the last week and a half. If the neighboring and surrounding nations in and around the Palestinians from the Gaza Strip do not want to take them in, when you look, pull up the map and look at all the nations in and around, if they don't want them at all... Yep. Why would the United States open up shop as a Motel 6 for them? Agreed. It makes no... We have enough people in this country, whether legally or illegally, in America, and some of them are already Americans, that already hate America. Yep. And now you're going to bring in refugees that want, in, in many regards, death to the West? No, thank you. Uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday said, uh, for six hours, the world blame." Israel unfairly for the Gaza hospital bombing. I think it was a little more than six hours, Chuck. Yeah, six hours was the prep time that girl did on her Instagram protest <laughs> and, in college. And by the way, it, it's still, like, your party is still doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it's, it's, it, it, ask Rashida to leave. How do you not have a conversation with them? If you're Joe, if you're Chuck Schumer, if you're Hakeem Jeffries, even if you're Nancy Pelosi, like, how is that post still up? I'm going to actually check during the break. I'm going to see if her Twitter post has been taken down. Cut. Five. Regret the loss of any life, 
any innocent life. Um, now there's, there's proof put out by the Israelis that the rocket, of course, was not from the uh, I, I, from Israel, but rather was from one of the Palestinian groups that works with Hamas. And this is what Israel's up against. Israel didn't put out a statement immediately because they were checking it. They wanted the truth. Hamas immediately said, oh, the IDF did it. They lied through their teeth. And, you know, for six hours, the world blamed Israel unfairly. Now the word is getting out. And I think all of us have an obligation to get that proof out that the IDF showed about that. I don't know. That two and a half minute montage that I played seemed to be a lot. Yeah. A lot more than six hours. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like the bank robbers putting out a statement and saying, no, it wasn't us, it was the police. And then the media runs with it and says, yeah, it was the police did it. It was an inside job. And everybody takes it and runs with it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Um, Tim Scott, also running for president. I don't know if you guys know that or not. You know, honestly, at this point, think about how long it's been since we've heard from him. DeSantis, Christie, Pence. We're going on two weeks of shows. Honestly, well, since the start of Israel, we haven't heard from any of these guys. Well, it's funny because... They just announced that the the next um, the next debate is going to be in Miami. Uh, NBC News and Salem Media Group have joined forces to to do this next debate. Trump obviously not going to be there. Yep. But like nobody, you know, nobody cares. Nobody seems to <laughs> could give this a, actually, give a you know what? Could this actually rate lower than the one with Dana Perino and the well, dude they, from Fox Business? They seem to be going down every time. I know. I mean, like nine million or whatever for the first one, and then slowly it went down. I see it going down even further. How great? How great would it be if like right they're all backstage together in like the green room, and all six of them or five of them or however many will make the cut? They all say, you know what? I, I don't know about you guys, Nikki. I don't know about you, but. I'm getting the vibe nobody really cares about us anymore. Yeah. Why don't we just go out on stage and say, you know what, we're all dropping out simultaneously. We're in Miami. Let's go hit up South Beach, grab some drinks, and uh, we'll just get back to whatever it is our day job is. Uh, Tim Scott was on CNN Newsnight last night with Abby Phillips, really speaking to the base, I guess. I don't I don't know what these guys are doing Abby going on with CNN. Uh, but she said, um, how is making life more miserable for Gazans something that helps Israel? Boy, that's a that's a talking point, isn't it? If yeah. I ever heard one, uh, here we go. Oh, that, uh, let's leave it there for now. I want to ask you about a hundred million dollars that uh, is aid that is being sent to Gaza. You've said recently that you oppose that, yes. but I, I wonder, just putting aside uh, some of the kind of political rhetoric around this, Absolutely. how is making life more miserable for Gazans something that helps Israel? Oh my I'm God. glad you asked that question. I'm not. Let's take a look at how this thing started on October the 7th. We saw babies decapitated. We saw babies burned. We saw women raped. We saw grandmothers taken. And Israel's response is to make sure that never happens again. To provide complete and total support for Israel means, means giving them the resources and the flexibility they need I, to... I understand, but I'm talking about humanitarian. I'm talking about humanitarian aid, which Israel, by the way, has agreed to. By the way, can I just say something Mm -hmm. real fast? This, this, this annoys the you know what out of me. Is you know how we know Israel has the high ground, the moral high ground on this? Because in in times of war, and when you're attacked, you don't let the opposition know we're coming for you. Right? They they let them know a week ago. Mm -hmm. Clear out the northern part. Yes. There. Everybody go to the southern part because mm-hmm. we're coming for you. They gave him plenty they gave of them, notice. They they gave him a weak head start. Yes, 
That because they didn't want they wanted to diminish or they wanted right. to lessen the amount yeah. of casualties. So anybody who's not what, yeah, one group goes door to door and yes. will slaughter babies. Yes. The other one says, Hey, seven days from now, you have seven days to evacuate and then we're gonna blow you up. That's the humanitarian aspect of this, Abby Phillips. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. We go on. Yeah. The way you get there the fastest is making sure that every single support system that needs to be in place is there. And number two, I don't want a dime, a nickel, a penny ending up in the hands of Hamas. We know that at the end of the day, in the Gaza Strip, Hamas controls every penny. This is not uh, what I'm talking about here and what this aid is, is not cash. It's we're oh, talking about who's, access to water, who's the food, medical care. Who's driving, who's driving them? I in? guess what I'm saying, Senator, yes, is if is they're doing that, she because they know want, what she's saying. they're doing that because they want people to leave. Yeah. Really good answer from Tim Scott. Really bad question from Abby Phillips. And I guess I brought this up last week, I think, too. I, we've got. I'm, I'm going to have to look at CNN's primetime lineup now. She can't be hosting a nightly primetime show. If that is the case, then it's that's late. It's on very late. Yeah. 10 oh, so she's okay. But you know, but the, the the truth is in Gaza, they're saying go over here, go over there, but they're pretty much contained because everything's been shut off. Is that what she's trying to say? I guess so. That because they've, I mean, now I guess Egypt is going to be allowed to bring in some food and, and supplies, but mm-hmm. essentially. They're bottlenecked, and and so they're, in truth, I think what she's trying to say, but she said it clumsily, is that they're stuck in there. Yeah. And and the problem that they're not saying is that, obviously, Hamas is known for using babies and women and children as human shields. Yeah. And so they're they're integrated with the civilian population, and they're hiding with yeah. it, with. With the civilians, they they're not letting the civilians yep. move. That yep. that's a piece of this. Right. Uh, um. W- one more from the Abby Phillips show. Um, uh, talking about the Democrats or um, Joe Biden's speech last night. We know how the Republicans responded to it. How did the Democrats uh, react to uh, Joe Biden's speech last night? Well, according to Abby Phillips, she had she got emails from Democratic groups attacking Biden tonight for not doing enough for Palestine. <laughs> or the Palestinians. I would say that's how that's as pro-Palestine as possible. Yes. Uh, so here's that exchange. We will remember this. Mm. In his words, you hear him talking about Palestinians and their plight and pushing for humanitarian aid. But I can tell you, I mean, I've gotten emails from Democratic groups attacking Biden tonight mm. for not doing enough on Palestine. Like, as a, first of all, Rashida Tlaib is Palestinian origin. If it was Puerto Geraldo. Rico that was being uh, Formerly a bomb. Geraldo now. Yeah, now he's on, CNN, he's, he's on CNN. Which is now. probably where he belongs. <laughs> uh, sorry, we continue. I would have, uh, you know, deep emotional investment in it also. I, I feel awful for everybody on both sides. Uh, you know, it is uh, it's one thing to say Israel is protecting itself against this awful crime that was committed against the Jewish people. Uh, but it's another thing when you are, uh, you know, you are your kinsmen, your lonsmen are being bombed as uh, Israel tries to get Hamas, get the mass murderers. There are fifteen hundred mass murderers that are hiding in the tunnels under under Gaza. So I feel for her. I feel the anguish uh, of, uh, of her and, and others similarly situated. But this is a terrible, terrible crisis uh, Israel is facing. The Palestinian people also. What what happens when Israel sends the forces into the tunnels to get those hostages out? Will the hostages survive the worst hostage crisis in Israel's history? 
the one thing I don't understand mm-hmm. is that it, it, I I understand why they uh, they're telling everybody to leave. Yeah, you know, from the north to the south. I get that. But what's stopping Hamas from leaving? True. You know what I mean? Like, 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 is if 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 the point is to to fight them, mm-hmm. then I understand wanting to be you know human beings and and make sure to lessen the amount of civilian casualties. Right. But you're also alerting the enemy that oh by the way we're going to attack you in mm-hmm. a, a week. And what's preventing them from skedaddling? Exactly. You know th- this is and I think this is the takeaway from her absurd emails that she's. A- allegedly receiving from democratic uh, groups um this this goes to show you how bad it is for joe yeah joe did not satisfy anybody on the right last Mm. night and joe did not satisfy to a high enough degree of those that want more pro-palestinian support so joe's taking it on the chin from both sides today it's true which might explain all of his approval ratings all right, real fast, let's go through some of the audio from uh, uh, Jim Jordan, still running for speaker, I guess. Uh, he said yesterday, then he backtracked, and then he went back in, and now he spoke earlier. I don't know what he said. We'll we'll monitor that. But anyway, yesterday, uh, he said that he's still running for speaker, and he plans to go to the floor and get the votes to win the race. Cut four. So I'll just say this: we made the we made the pitch to um, members on the resolution as a way to lower the temperature and get back to work. Uh, we decided that wasn't where we're going to go. I'm still running for speaker, and I plan to go to the floor uh, and get the votes and win this race. But I want to go talk with a, a few of my colleagues, particularly I want to talk with the 20 individuals who voted against me. Um, 22. So that we can move forward and begin to work for the American people. And then he walked away and didn't take any questions. I mean, at at this point, I mean, the next time we go to round three, what, 24 going to vote against him? 26? Yeah. So earlier, uh, actually just about a half hour ago, he he spoke. I just pulled this up. So we don't have the video, but you can hear the audio. Uh, He says, uh, we need to get a speaker as soon as possible. Oh, thanks, Uh, boss. Jim Jordan said this uh, just about a half hour ago. So lay out your path. Are you just going to call roll call vote after roll call vote today and tomorrow and into the weekend and try to wear your opponents down? Because it didn't seem like you stop, any stop. Well, you all you all said that we were going to lose between the first vote and the second vote. You all said we were going to lose ten to fifteen votes. We stayed the same. We picked up a few. We lost a few. I think the ones we lost can come back. So uh, look, there's been multiple rounds of votes for speaker before. Um, we all know that. I just know that we need to get a speaker as soon as possible so we can get to work for the American people. Yeah, and I, I went at 6 o'clock tonight. I, I think it's time to get to dinner because it's, it's that time and I, we can't wait any longer. You can sit here and say, well, we gained a few, we lost. No, the, the end result, the net result is you have gone the wrong direction two times now. Yeah. And, I mean, you can bring up the history of Kevin McCarthy, and, that, and that's valid. But the embarrassing point for the GOP is that this is now – We've gone from McCarthy to Scalise to Jordan from January to October, and you're just wasting important time. You really are. Well, I don't know how he's going to win over some of those uh, GOP lawmakers because uh, CNN yesterday obtained audio of a threat to a wife of GOP lawmakers who opposed Jim Jordan's speaker bid. Um, I pulled the audio. (laughs) The audio is very graphic. I beeped out everything I could. Um, They're, They're angry. Yeah. So this is 
but this is remember this is a voicemail to a wife though not not right. to the uh, uh, <laughs> cut three here. Why is your husband such a pig? Why would he get on TV and make an ass of himself? Because he's a deep state. Because he doesn't represent the people. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to come follow you all over the place. We're going to be up your ass nonstop. We are now Antifa. We're going to do what the left does because your of a husband gets on TV. Oh, the bad guys. They did so. I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, a piece of who everybody knows. And for his piece of ass, talk about Americans who are actually fighting for Americans as the bad people. There's everything about him. So you, your husband, and we are going to. We, we're not like the left. We aren't violent, but we're going to follow your ass every appointment you have, everything you can do. Your your husband's an ass. You should talk to his stupid ass. We're at war. Israelis being killed. And your dumb husband is acting like a two-year-old. No wonder. He's a warmongering piece of shit. So listen, you're going to keep getting calls and emails. I'm putting all your information over the internet now everybody else is and you will not be left alone because your husband jim jordan or more conservative or you're going to be molested like you can't oh, ever wow. imagine and again non-violently non-violent molestation part. glad they said that yeah thanks for clearing you that must up be a bitch to marry <gasps> ugly mother like that. Yeah. There you go. What a coward. Very uh now, very helpful by the worth, way. Worth worth noting that these lawmakers have their contact information on their government website. Not so, the wife though. No, but you can find the like the office of your representative that, and leave that a voice. That came to his wife's voice. That's cell his phone. wife's How'd cell they get phone. Her? That's his wife's wife's cell phone. Yes. Sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's obviously out of line. And also what I do think is also out of line, even though it's public knowledge. A lot of these social media uh, conservative influencers that are mad about the 20 or the 22, and I am as well, posting in a tweet all of their phone. Like, let the people go find it. You don't need to dox your own people, so to speak. Yeah. I think that's a really bad look. And then, okay, I understand if you want to follow them, although I think that's very creepy and disturbing. But then you're going to try to say, use the word molest, but nonviolently. What? Dude, like, that guy, that's where... The old 411 needs to come into play and track down that guy, and he needs to be dealt with by the authorities. Well, I think the here's here's what I read between the lines here on this one is that if that were to because we all have their office numbers, right. right? I was giving out the office the main number, and you go through the switchboard, or you can look up their their private information as well. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it went to the wives' phone lead, could could lead one to think. Maybe an insider gave out that phone number. You think planted intentionally? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, and I think just... that's why they're okay. so PO'd, because they're saying, eh, this is not to the public official. Mm-hmm. This is to the wife of the official. Right. And even though at the very end they say, not violently, of course, but when you when you say, like, I'm going to be Antifa and this mm-hmm. and that, there's a veiled threat in there yeah. to a spouse. Yeah, you don't do that. 
And who gave out her her cell phone number is not a public number. She is well, not a public person. I, I had this happen to me when I was doing sports. But you're a public person. Well, but here's the thing. I, it was the Penn State Jerry Sandusky stuff. And a lot of Penn State fans in this area that didn't like how hard I was criticizing Penn State for protecting and turning a blind eye to a predator for the sake of winning football games. And I'll never forget, there was two or three people that looked up my wife on Facebook and were messaging her angry stuff about me, to which I was said I said on the air, if you have a problem with what I say, you can always call the show, tweet me, Facebook me at the time when I was on Facebook. Don't 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 search my wife and look up my wife. Like she has nothing to do with what I say. But they were going to her public social Correct. media accounts. Correct. They did not find her private right. cell phone number. Valid and point. so yep. right. And so that with this what what I'm hearing from you know p- folks I'm talking to the the what people are inferring here is that somebody was giving out the private cell phone numbers mm-hmm. of the spouses or significant others of yeah. lawmakers right. that's going way over, oh, over the top absolutely a lot of people on uh, a lot of people on the YouTube chat are, are are saying that 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 could be a fake too could be you never know like we've been just talking about what uh, you trust in the media these days you you have no idea one more uh, then we have to break. Newt Gingrich yesterday, who knows something about being a speaker, especially, uh, you know, up, upending uh, an opposing party, uh, let loose on the House GOP. He said, this is the most disgraceful behavior by Republicans Thank in you. my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Cut seven. Newt Gingrich. I mean, these folks have got to calm down. The level of anger, uh, the level of hostility in the conference, all of it started by eight traitors. And that's what they were, traitors, who abandoned their party and allied with the Democrats against 96% of the Republican Party with no idea what they would do if they won. Mm. Uh, They have caused chaos. They've embarrassed the Republican Party and they've weakened the United States at a time when there are two major wars underway. Uh, And it's really, truly, uh, I think, the most disgraceful behavior by Republicans in my lifetime. Wow. And he's referring and he's referring to the voicemail. No, 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 no. He's referring to the to the eight. Okay, that that yes. did not go with Jim Jordan. No, no, no. He's. No. I'm missing the context no. of. If he's, he's referring right. to uh, these eight people that ousted Jim uh, McCarthy. Jim. Yes. Okay. And okay. Then, and then had no plan for what okay. they were going to do, well, that, do next. That, for this is this is what I mentioned with Matt Gates a few days ago when I did my uh, Jim Jordan big take. Like Matt Gates, you wanted to get rid of McCarthy. That's great. I did too. And your plan was what? Because your plan right now is backfiring. So this, again, goes to what I keep claiming, that you have people that are just out there seeking attention for their moment, for their, hey, so that I can add this to my resume and my Wikipedia page. And if it doesn't work, then what happens? Because if Jim Jordan's not the solution and Steve Scalise is not the solution and McCarthy and Scalise are more uh, moderate rhino and Jim Jordan's on the opposite. So where's the happy medium at? Again, it's it's always great to sit there. Ah, oh, this guy stinks. Wait, wait. What's your plan B? It's easy to criticize Joe Biden. What's your policy to do better? Like, again, I think that's like the main thing that you have to have. It's easy to pick at something, but what is your plan to fix it? That's the more difficult thing. And if it, if you can't get what your plan is, then you have egg on your face. And I think some of these people have egg on their face today. Well, hearing what we played earlier of Jim Jordan, that he, you know he just made the announcement this morning. Of- 40 minutes ago that he you know he's going to continue yep. to do this so okay. it's not over in his eyes he's got 12 or 13 more rounds to get to the mccarthy level yeah 
Uh, Benjamin Phillips says, by the way, it's Abby Phillip, not Phillips. We took away the S when she disowned when we disowned her. I don't know, I don't know means. what that means, but is it Abby Phillip? I have no idea. Is there no S on the end? I have no idea. Whatever. I know. I love Who these cares? people. Abby Phillip. Hang on. All the things that we say on the show, you you pick up on the S or the non-existing yes, S. He's correct. It's Abby Phillip. Who the hell is last name? Who the hell has her last name? Phillip. It's, it's Phillips, right? I know. I don't care either. I don't. I mean, don't watch her. Listen to, listen to Kellen Cox. I, I right. can't believe she's hosting the 10 o'clock slot on CNN. Yeah. No wonder why they get no ratings. She, well, she, she has less command than uh, Caitlin Collins. <laughs> I think she's actually very pretty. Uh, and oh, I, I didn't say and she I like pretty. her whispery kind of delivery, but not on that not on that network. Yeah. She should just do straight news. Yeah. She's a good presenter. Maybe maybe Channel 10 or Channel yeah. 10 will hire her. She'd be great on a local station. Yeah. She'd go on Channel 10 she's, at 4 o'clock. She's talented, but they've ruined her. It's almost like they all put them through indoctrination <laughs> and have them do that, do the, the, same, the same kind of delivery mm-hmm. as Anderson Cooper. Yeah. And so the more I see her on there, she's like changed. And she's like... Henry, you know how he does that right. whispery weird, mm-hmm. and they and Caitlin Collins too. Yeah. It's they're all saying they'll be like Anderson and try to no be they're, you. They're all low energy, mm-hmm. but anyway. low energy and like a whispery yeah. weird delivery. But not the Joe Biden whisper. That's the creepy whisper. <laughs> Daddy owes you. Eight forty-five. We will come back. Wrap it up with Don Stenzel's big three, and then also. Kind of an interesting, fun story locally in Pennsylvania. What should be the age limit for trick-or-treating in Pennsylvania? Might have a little comment on this when we come back. Age limit? Age limit, yeah. Okay. Very. And this is a local mm. story uh, from Fox 43. So, like, what age can you go up to, right? Correct. So, like, 16, 15, 13? Correct. Okay. 38, okay. you gotcha. name it. Yeah. Yep. 855-839-1210, the phone number, Kale & Company, back after this with Dawn's Big Three in a moment. Snap in action this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Actually, do it right now. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg because... You have to bet on this Eagles-Dolphins game on Sunday. The line is minus two and a half. I don't know. Maybe they're seeing something I don't, but I think the Eagles are a lock for this weekend, Sunday night. So, uh, yeah, you can place a $5 bet, get $200 in bonus bets on this bet, and you'll be good to go. Visit FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of the 1210 WPHD and of the NFL, 21 and over, President PA. First online or money wager only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not all trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.